Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Harley, the senior pastor of Loyalty House International, Peter Maritzburg. Reverend Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. So you have to speak to God. You can't think to God. You speak to God. You speak to God. So ask him in your language, in what you understand. Just say, Lord, as your word comes, let there be a change. Let your word bring a change in my life. If the whole world was created by God's word, Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke. He said, let there be light. There was light. He said, let the seas be separated from, let the waters be separated from the land. And the water was separated from the land. He spoke it and it happened. So God's word has the power to change our lives, to change our lives. So pray and say, Lord, as your word comes, it's my request. I have not come to church as a show. I have come to hear your word of your word. So speak to me and bring a change into my life. Manto si palo kase para prando lobos ke patota lento lobo shatoli palo kase patokaya branda la babadna brando libas ke patota le ke mola rapatota ranta la ba ranta la ba brento lobos ke patos ke pando lobos speak to us. Speak to us, speak to us, speak to us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name, let there be conversion by your word and by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we bless you, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful, you may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say a nice amen. amen. Smile at me. I'm smiling at you. Wow, what a shock. Great, 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 great. Well, those of you who have just come, welcome to 2019. Um, you, have not, you have missed a lot, but God is merciful. Amen. amen. Say amen. amen. When I say amen, you also say amen. Wonderful. Amen. Amen. Great. And when you are saying amen, have a smile on your face. You look nicer that way. Well, as we enter into a new year, one of my drives for 2019 is to be with spiritual people. So I I am here to encourage everybody and to drive everybody that one of the goals you must have this year is to become more spiritual. Or to grow up spiritually. Hallelujah. People who are not... I'll tell you a couple of things as we go on. But I want you to be determined that this year, 2019, the significant thing that will happen in my life is that I will grow up spiritually. Amen. Amen. I will grow up spiritually. If you don't grow up spiritually, then... There was no need being in the church because the church is a spiritual 
entity. John 4, 24, the woman at the well, if your phone is ringing, you could, you could also put it on silence. Anybody who's calling you at this time is not helping you to develop spiritually. Say amen. Yeah, so good. Are you done? Good. Let's, let's roll. I said, be determined to be spiritual. John 4, 24, the Bible says that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the difference between the church and the ANC. That's the difference between the church and Kaiser Chiefs. Do you get it? Kaiser Chiefs is a social group. That's the difference between the church and some of the WhatsApp groups you are on. Do you, do you understand? It's a social group. ANC is a political group. But the church is a spiritual group. Therefore, the primary thing you must derive from the church is should be spiritual. That's why I'm making a call on you this year. Decide to be. How many of you were with us last year? 2018, you were in the church. 2018, you were in the church. Oh, but, oh raise your hand. Raise your hand in English. It means let it go above your head. Spaghetti. If you are not WhatsApping me, then put your phone away. Okay. Now, we need to set up. The reason I'm mentioning all these things is that it's the first Sunday of February. I'm setting things in place. I'm setting things in place. You, I can't be preaching and you are WhatsApping. I might as well be somewhere when I'm preaching, they will listen to me. Say amen. Do you understand? You can't be WhatsApp. What, what, who are you sending a message to that if you don't send it today, they will die? Or if you don't send it now during the time of the preaching? Unless you are sending me a message. And if you are sending me a message now, I'm preaching, I can't read it. So you, you might as well send it after church. Or tell me in person. Say amen. amen. So let's begin to set a few things in place so that the church can be a real spiritual body. Now, back to my question. How many of you were with us last year? Last year. Brother, raise your hand. You have not changed much. It's good to see you. Yeah. Do you get it? Good. So, it means you have been around. You know what we are doing. You need to... I, I should be able to see. You see, maybe last year you were using it to develop just coming to church. Just, it's like when it's Sunday. Before, either to on Sundays, by the time you wake up and you realize that it's Sunday... You are already paralyzed, and you are not in a good physical state. Do you get, or you have a headache, or you have you have overworked yourself on Saturday such that you can't even come to church. But at least now, Saturday night when you are going to sleep, you know that I am going to church on Sunday. That's progress. Put your hands together for yourself. That's progress. At least you have made progress. Hallelujah. Do you get it? Now, it, that is good, but it's not enough. It's now time for us to take it up a notch. Take it up another level, which is to grow up spiritually. To become spiritual, more spiritual in your walk with God. Hallelujah. If you can achieve that this year, you can say that the year has been a successful year. Hallelujah. You can say that the year has been a successful year. Now, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1, he says, Now I, brethren, could not come unto you as spirituals, 
but because what you are carnal, you are you are like babies. It's like I wanted to speak to you, I wanted to tell you things, but because you were not spiritual, I couldn't tell them to you. Now, when you are not spiritual, so many things cannot be said to you. So you'll be coming to church, you'll be you'll be in the church, but so many things cannot be said to you. That is why I'm taking the time to help all of us to develop ourselves. Spirit, I said in the Marysburg Church on Friday, this year if you don't become spiritual and you don't get involved in the work, we will leave you behind. We will do what? We will leave you behind. I mean, because we are not going to be standing around doodling and doddling, waiting for slow coaches, waiting for lazy and spiritual people. We want to go forward. And we need to go forward with spiritual people. Tell your neighbor, I'm going forward with you because you'll be spiritual. You will be spiritual. Hallelujah. So as we pray that we will be converted, this is the conversion I'm talking about, that you'll be converted from a baby, a spiritual baby, to an adult. You'll be converted from a carnal Christian. Who is a flesh? That means you are fleshly. You just respond to your flesh, to a spiritual Christian. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter number 8. Hallelujah. Everybody must have a Bible. Every Christian. We used to sing our song. We'll start singing it soon. I have a wonderful treasure. The gift of God without measure. We will travel together, my Bible and I. You get it? Uh So everybody must have a Bible. Whether it's it's on your phone or it's um, the old ragged cross. Like that, we accept it. But at least have a Bible. Amen. Amen. Thank God for modern phones. Everybody can have a Bible. So you don't have a Bible, you download the Bible onto your phone. So when you come to church, we say, turn your Bibles to this. You don't have a Bible, I mean, spiritually, you are a non-starter. Because you don't have the, it's like you, you, are, you are doing a course. You don't have the textbook. You don't have access to the textbook. How many of you believe that by all means you will fail? Do you get it? Uh-huh. So, Romans chapter 8. Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his son in the form of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God and is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Put your hands together for the word of God. They cannot please God. Here, this is our introductory scripture 
to this discussion. I've almost finished preaching. This is our introductory scripture to this discussion. The Bible is saying that, look, there are a group of people who are, there are two types of people in this world. Those who are condemned and those who are not condemned. All right? And he says that those who are not condemned are those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you are in church today, I came to tell you that no matter what you have done in your life, you are not condemned. To be condemned means you have committed a crime and they've sentenced you, they've given you the punishment. There's no escape from the punishment. So when you are not condemned, it means that although you have committed a crime, it is not over for you. You have a chance. You have a chance. I came to tell you you have a chance. So it says there's no condemnation for people who are in Christ, who are walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. So you can be in Christ with the opportunity to escape condemnation and then decide that you are going to walk in the flesh. Then you yourself, you bring yourself back into condemnation. That's why I'm fighting so that you become spiritual. You bring yourself back into condemnation. So it's like, we say, okay, anybody, there's, there's a dragon outside or there's a lion outside. is eating anybody outside. But anyone who comes into the building will not be eaten by the lion. Then you, you are in the building. Then you decide, I still want to go. I want to see how lions eat. I want to see the teeth of the lion. So I'm going outside. When you go outside, then now you have given yourself back to the lion to eat you. Although you have the opportunity to escape the lion eating. So he says, when you walk in the flesh, although you are in Christ and you are walking in the flesh, you are, although you have the opportunity to escape condemnation, you have taken yourself back. Back. Back to condemnation. So he says, walk, be in the spirit, then you escape the condemnation. Now, then he talks about a lot of, he said, what the law could not do in that it was weak to the flesh, God sent Jesus Christ to do for us so that the righteousness, of, the, just the, the whole thing, what it means is that you and I, look, we can't obey the law, no matter how much we fall. How many of you realize that no matter how hard, on your best day, you still make a mistake? If, if you are the one, if it, it has happened to you before, give me a wave. If it has, can, has it happened to you before? On your, I mean, the, the exam. That you thought, as for this course, I'm very strong in this course. You know, what's your strongest course? Machines. What machines? Electrical machines. Do you get 100% in them? Aha, that's what I'm talking about. So, it's like, look, I'm very good at electrical machines. Yet, when you write the exam, you still don't get 100%. But I thought you were very good in it. I told you, you, I said, you are very good, 52.2. Hey. Very good, 89.7. It's like, ah. But I, 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 I prepared. I did my best. Pastor said I must study. I studied. I did, I prayed. Everything, yet you can't get 100%. So that's how the law is. No matter how hard we try, we can't get 100%. So God knowing that, God in his infinite wisdom, knowing that, decided, listen, these guys, they can't make their mark. So let me help them. And the help I'll give them is that I'll make them righteous through Jesus Christ. So from now on, when I'm looking for the, their righteousness, 
I won't look at the things they have done, the things they were able to do, the things they were not able to do. I'll rather look at the, I'll rather look at what my son Jesus Christ has done for them. He has sacrificed himself for them. So that's what I will look at. So that's that's the meaning of all this scripture. Then he says, for the people who are this thing applies to people who are in the spirit, not those who are in the flesh. So he said, the people who are in the flesh, they are they, they, their minds are on things of the flesh. But the people who are in the spirit, the spiritual people, their minds are on things of the spirit. Then he now comes to the scripture I'm looking for. He says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So he says, there are two groups of people. Those who are carnal. To be carnal means to be unspiritual. Not wanting to grow spiritual. You don't read your Bible. You don't pray. You don't do anything. Even when you come to church, pastor is preaching. You are now thinking of the food you are going to eat after church. Instead of thinking of what is being said to you. It's like, what are we eating after church? Okay, if we close at 12.15 and I can get home at 12.30, I can eat before 1 o'clock, then I give myself a three-hour break, then I eat again from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That is my main meal for the day. Then, around 8 o'clock, I take a snack, which is pap and voss, which is a snack to finish off. What a shock. What a shock. It says, their minds are on carnal things. But those who want to grow spiritually, their minds are on spiritual things. That's why I'm fighting for you to grow spiritually. Why must you be spiritual? Three reasons and then I close. Then next week we start to build how to be spiritual. This church is very simple. I, I mean, when I think about it, I'll be very glad, I mean, if I was my teacher in the university. I, I don't know how else to put it. I would have been very glad if I was my teacher in school. Because the, the teachings are very simple. Why? How? When? What? I mean, if your courses were like that, wouldn't it be easy? Why you must do this, then you know. How you must do it. When you must do it. That's all. Abi, amen. amen. Why you must be spiritual? Just give you, there are a lot of reasons, but i just give you some three of them so that we can close within the time. Number one, and spirituality or not being spiritual leads to death. It leads to death. Not being spiritual leads to death. Not being spiritual leads to death. It says, for to be carnally minded or to be unspiritual is death. It leads to death. And now the word death here is not like some spiritual connotation of, okay, then your ears won't hear properly. Or No, no, no. Death means death. Death means death. So, unspiritual people, to be unspiritual leads to death. All the agents of death has to do with unspirituality. All the agents. For the wages of sin is death. The main cause of death is sin. And sin is usually associated with unspiritual people. When I come and show you signs of carnality, you will see. 
envy, jealousy, um, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, these things. They, these are the agents of death. We are dying because of this. We wouldn't have died. Once upon a time, God created a man called Adam, and he created a woman called Eve. They were not supposed to die until they sinned against God. Because God had told them in Genesis 2.17 that, In the day thou shalt eat of this food, thou shalt surely die. It's like the effect of disobeying me will be your death. That's what it will mean. The punishment for disobeying me, God, will be that you will die. And then when they ate the food, they started, that's it. They, they had brought death into the world. So when they had eaten the, 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 the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and God came, God asked Eve the question, what is this that you have done? It's asking to say, do you even understand what you have done? Do you, do you understand the meaning of what you have done? Many people do things they don't understand what it means. You are 17 and a half, so nobody can do, tell me what to do. I can slip with anybody that I want to do. I slip with, I slip with them sideways, upwards, downwards, anyways. I slip with them. We, we try to advertise my body. I have a right to manage or mismanage my body. Unfortunately, you have just developed some body before your time, you know. Nowadays, because of the hormones that are in operation, you see, 17-year-old girl with the body of a 22-year-old yeah, pre, pre, you have matured before your time. <laughs> so you see, sleeping with everybody, and your mother is saying, Listen, slow down, my girl. But you say, Oh, no. Even when you might, when I calculate and I can see from my age, you had me when you were, you were even 16. So why, why are you telling me not to feel free? Allow me to feel free all over the place. 17 and a half. Allow me to feel free. Even me, I should have been been on the second round by now. Allow me to feel free. But what your mother is saying, what she's saying is that what happened to me should not happen to you. That's why I'm sitting, I'm still sitting in the village and I'm trying to send you to school in Deba. If I had listened to my mother, I would have been the one who who would have gone to school in Deba. So I would have given birth to you and would be living in Deba. Do you get it? And then you will be raised in the home. A car will go and drop you at school, bring you back from school. All these things. I missed it. But I don't want you to miss it. By the time I realize you are pregnant, then gap year. Come and sit at home, finish having the baby. Another two years, your mind is getting duller. You are getting more stupid. Yeah, with the capitals too. Your mind is getting dull and dull and dull. Then you come back. 21 years and coming to grade 11. Then you enter the class. When you enter the class, the, the students don't know whether you are a teacher or you are a student. <laughs> yeah. So they look at you and say, ma'am? So, no, I'm not a ma'am. Are you called ma'am? <laughs> student. So, eh. Then you come and sit down. So when they are talking, they say, Umama Ufunda grade 11. <laughs> so you see, now your mind is slow. You are, and then as you are studying, the baby is crying. You can't do anything. By the time you finish grade 12, you come with the results. One, one, two, three, three. It's like a security code. You have come with that. One, one, two, two, three, 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 one. 
like a, it's, a, it's like a secret. It's like a, a, a bank account number. <laughs> yeah. APSA, APSA especially. 0111233. At least FMB, you start with a six. <laughs> oh, God. If it's standard bank, you start with a zero eight. <laughs> so you take it, but I mean, APSA, one, one, two, two, one, three, three. Hey. Then you realize your whole life, it's like the life is going in reverse. So you are doing your best. But your best can only achieve so little. Look, I, I, one day my children asked me, why do people steal? And I said, why are you asking that question? They said, oh, but it's, I think it's easier to work than to steal. No, I answered first. I said, oh, sometimes they don't have anything to eat. That's why. So, but daddy, it's easier to work than to steal. And I said, oh, yeah, it's true. But sometimes some people... By, by the mistakes they have made when they were younger. No matter how hard they work, end of the week, says Sangerans. Have you asked yourself how much security guards earn? Meanwhile, they work harder than most people. Security guards. I've worked, I worked before in London as a security guard for a bank. Yeah, HSBC Bank. Yeah, I was a security guard there. Look, <laughs> you wear your white shirt and you wear the black tie and the black pants like you are an usher in the church <laughs> or a pastor. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are a security guard. You come and stand there 12 hours. That is when you will see that, look, it takes about three days for 12 hours to pass. That's where you understand that, look, after one whole day, when you check your time, it's just been three hours. Hey! Meanwhile, it's been a whole day. Two days when you check the time, eight hours. Look, when it's left with about two hours to go, you, you'll be scratching your ears, pulling, so that you'll be awake. Twelve straight hours. And then when you close, so I have twelve hours to rest. Look, that's where you will see that that twelve hours also, it passes like 10 minutes. The 12 hours is finished. Wow, where did they go? Yet they don't earn much. They don't earn much. So it's like when your mother is, so I was explaining to my children that, do the things you have to do now so that when you grow up, you work a little, it's better than stealing. Because for these people, they'll work as petrol and then they'll pump the fuel uh, 480 rands. The whole week, 480 rands. And they will take it home. It's like, I've worked very hard. That's the, and it's not like the system is cheating them. That's the, that's, that's the most you can earn. So it's like when your mother is telling you, it's like, don't do this thing. He, she's trying to say that. Look, understand the implications of it. So sin. So God said to the woman, this sin you have committed, the implication of it is that people will start to die. You, you will be the first one. You will die. And then... Life will become difficult. Carnality leads to death. All the agents of death, they are connected with being with sin and being carnal. That's why you must grow up. Tell anybody that's why you must grow up spiritually. Yeah. 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 To avoid dying. Number two, 
carnality or a carnal person or an unspiritual person is an enemy of God. He's an enemy of God. Verse, verse 7, it says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now, in this world, if you want to be somebody's enemy, you have to be careful who you choose as your enemy. You have to be careful. There are some enemies you have. It's of no consequence. What do I mean is of no consequence? Look, the presence or the absence of the person in your life makes no difference. I mean, you have driven past um, one of the streets here. Traffic cop has stopped you. He has taken money from you. They say, from today, you are my enemy. It doesn't change anything in your life. Because even what are the chances that you meet that tra- particular traffic cop again? We came here one evening, Friday evening. We were going, we were stopped by some colored policemen. I mean, they were very rough to us. Then, so from now they are, we are, from that time, last year up to now, we have not met them again. We have not met So if they are enemies, it's of no consequence. But there are some people, if they are your enemies, it will really affect you. It will really affect you. It will really affect you. You are living, your mother pays your school fees, your parents look after you. You say, now my parents are my enemies. I've decided to go into a war with my, with my parents. Because I realized later on in life that my parents, they are actually not my parents. They adopted me, so now I'm angry at them. They are my enemies. No problem. We'll see what you eat. We'll see how you go to school. We'll see how you survive. So, depending on who your enemy is and the effect it has on you, and the ultimate person who can never be and should never be your enemy is God. It's God. I mean, you are, you, you, let's say, even in our country, you can't wake up and say, I am fighting against the ANC. You, what do you have as compared to the ANC or the government? Not even the ANC is a political party, the government or the ANC led government. When they take you on with the resources available to them, you are finished. This time, actually, you are completely finished. Yeah, you are complete. I mean, the, the, the resources are... One day I met a guy, he was supposed to be going to grade 12, and he was changing schools. He had relocated to another city. He was changing schools. And as he was changing schools, he couldn't get a school to take him for grade 12. Every school that he would go to, they say, we can admit you, but come to grade 11. He said, no, I, I, won't, I won't accept. Meanwhile, all the schools... Nobody wants to take a student at grade 12 level. The reason is that as you go, you write the exam in the name of the school. We have to be sure that you know what you are going to write. Not that you are some idiot from Gungundluvu, then you have come to this side, then we put you at grade 12. Then you go and get a result that nobody has ever gotten before. I mean, nobody has failed like that before. I mean, the type of failing you have gone to fail, it has not happened before. Bible, in Bible, they say, it is not common to man. It is not common, common. A failure like that, which is not common to man. So the school, will not, no school wants to take the risk. And when I met this guy, he said to me, I have decided that I'm going to take the Department of Education to court. Yeah. Your, my reaction was the same as your reaction. To court. 
I said, wow. I said, oh, then that's great. So, so I asked him, so what will happen? So I will win. I said, okay. So when you win, what happens? So, then I will go to school. Then I said, you go to school under what department? Department Correctional Services or Department of Health or Department of Social Welfare. What department will educate you? He said, Department of Education. I said, something must be wrong with you. The same people you are sending to court. Now, you will not understand this thing till you have a problem with the university. That is even where power is displayed clearly. You have gone to the university, then you have a problem with the lecturer. Pray about it. I said, what? Pray about it. It means that you have decided that you don't want to finish the university. That's all. You have made a decision. Pastor, I've decided I will never finish this university. I'll never finish this university. You have a problem. You have had a fight with the lecturer over a girl. But I saw the lecturer talking to my a girl that I have a crash on. So I went to slap the lecturer. No problem. And the lecturer is your lecturer. Even if the lecturer is not your lecturer, you are finished. Because the lecturer, just as you have a student body, SRC, the lecturers also have a body. Then now they will take you on. The university will take you on. You write the exams and not pass. You write so many times and not pass. Uh, but pastor, I got everything correct. It doesn't matter. <laughs> University degrees are awarded, not earned. I say it again. University degrees, they are awarded. You don't earn it. Do you see? You have to work for it. But the university has to decide that we are... Aw- where, where is the girl? This girl, I read her master's report just yesterday. Her master's has come. She has qualified. I mean, excellently. They should have given her cum laude. She just took too much time. Kumladi means you finish first class, top of the pops. She, she, she almost got it. The reason why she did, she has the marks for it. But the reason why they are not, that's the university power. Instead of concentrating and finishing the exam, she went to get married. Yes. Instead of concentrating and submitting her work, she went to get married to this guy, wasting time. After she finished married, then she came to submit. They said, you have taken too long. So although you must finish with a first class, we won't have award you a first class. Now, when I read her report, they said so many nice things about it. Then they said, oh, this is subject to this, that, 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 that. As in, like, more like some subject to this correction, that correction, this correction. But the uni- I hereby, the, the supervisor will say, I hereby ask the university to award so, in spite of all the small, small things, me, the supervisor, I have decided that the university should give her, should give her the master's degree. Despite all the small, small things that I think must be corrected, I think she deserves to give her. So, you start a fight with the university. Then they will show you that, okay, we award the thing. You write the exam. They fail you. You say, I'm going for remarking. No problem. I was your lecturer. Or Reverend David was your lecturer. So you say, you are going for remarking. You pay the money. And they enjoy when you come for remarking because you pay money. It makes more money for the school. Then they take the paper from Reverend David, who's my friend. And they give it to me. That I should also mark. 
Do you get? I should also mark the paper which you are arguing that Reverend David has failed you. No problem. Everywhere he has marked wrong, I will not even look at it. I start with the places that he has marked right. And I start to find a reason why it can be wrong. So he gave you seven here. I read that thing when I finish. I say, no, it doesn't deserve a seven. It deserves a five. Five. By the time you finish 48, it has become 41.2. Yeah. Show you that you want to be the enemy of the university. The enemy will show you power. And you can't take the university to court. You can't take a university to court. I mean, by law, you can't. If you take them to court, they, 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 are, they are an autonomous body. If you like, leave, go to another university. It's not a problem. You don't like UK, we have failed you for 17 years. No problem. Go to a NMU, something. Go and do it there. So, imagine even how much power these people have. Then now God himself, who gives you air to breathe. If he decides that I'm redrawing my air, 10 minutes maximum. 10 minutes maximum, you are dead. You are dead. That's why many of us can't swim. How many of you can swim? I said, how many of you can? So the rest of you, you understand what I'm saying. Me too, I can't swim. Recently, I asked Lady Pastor Lamla. She said she's teaching me how to swim. She said I should lie in the water. I shouldn't move. When I don't move, I won't, I won't, I won't drown. And me, I don't even call it drowning. I call it sinking. I mean, as heavy as I am, by all means, I will sink. So she tried to explain to me. She used some medical terms that you see. That's why when people are drowning in the sea and they die, they come to the top because they don't move. They are motionless. I'm saying to myself, look, you, I should lie on the water. And I shouldn't panic. When I'm going down, I, what do you mean I shouldn't panic? If I didn't need oxygen, then I can relax and go under the water. And, and what she's saying is true. If you don't panic and you go under the water, you come back to the top. Then you start to float. But because you want to breathe and the natural need for air, you can, you look, when you see that you are going down, you say, hey, not today, not today. And the most basic instinct to a, to a human being is survival. That's the most, it's, it's more basic than eating, it's more basic than drinking. You want, to, that's why, like I, somebody told me, oh, you have to start running. I said, look, me, I can't run but I can run away. <laughs> What's the difference? Running is, nobody is chasing you and you are running. And even the Bible speaks against that. The Bible says, the wicked flee it when no man pursue it. So if you see anybody running and there's nobody chasing him, he's a wicked person. <laughs> I'm just joking, okay? But it's true. But if I have to run away, Oh, that's what I want. I can. Run. If, if I let a dog chase me now, you will see that I can run away. I can run away. If I have to run away, I can run away. But because what your natural basic instinct is to survive. So as soon as you fall into the water and you see that you are going down, survival will kick in, and you have to survive. Then you want to come up. Then you now start going down more. Yeah, drinking the water filled with the chlorine. Now, what does it mean? It means that without air, we just go into panic straight up. Now, God is the one who controls air. God is the one who controls air. 
imagine you have a fight with somebody who works at ESCOM and has power to turn off your electricity. You will be in darkness. I mean, look, you go and queue, queue for three days. They turn on the light. When you get on, the light is on. You just turn it on. By the time you, your finger is on, it's back off. You go and queue for another three days. Oh, yeah, offline. You'll be surprised. So imagine God. God to be your enemy. But the Bible says people who are not spiritual, they are enemies of God. Enemies. And number three, I close on this one. It says, verse eight, it says, so then, he makes a conclusion. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You can never make God happy when you are not spiritual. You can never make God happy. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. He says, because of the fact that they are enemies of God, they are not subject to the law of God, even when they want to obey God, they cannot obey God, then they cannot please God. Tando, unless you become spiritual, you can never make God happy. The things you think make God happy may not necessarily be what makes God happy. Even in my small life, I encounter so many people my wife always says, says, these people think they have you figured out. But they don't. They, the more they try, the, 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 the more they expose themselves that they don't have you figured out. Sometimes I can be there. Somebody says, I'm going to buy a gift for Rev. Like the person has looked at me. Oh, this gift, Rev will like it. To me. I mean, I've read, Bishop has written a book, Ethics, Ministerial Ethics. In it, one of the chapters is about ethics, about receiving offerings and gifts. How to receive offerings and gifts. So, when they come with their gift, I just apply what is in the book. Thank you very much. God bless. Father, open the windows of heaven, pour some crowns upon this one. Amen. And I get to my house, I just put it on the table. It's, it's not going to do anything for me. Meanwhile, the person has thought and figured out that this is the best gift for this guy. But in my life, it doesn't do anything. They are so, I have so many gifts in my house. Some are about three, four years old. They don't do anything. I don't know what to do with them. I said, I don't know what to do with them. I mean, recently somebody came to give me a, a, a gift, a shirt. And he gave the shirt to my wife to give. When my wife looked at it, she started to shake her head. Even just this year, beginning of this year, um, around the 10th, somebody sent me a suit, shipped a suit from wherever to me. As soon as we tore it from the box, and my wife, she didn't even touch the suit. When she, she said, you will never wear this thing. So I also, I just, I just took it and I said, wow, the world has become nice. Then I folded it again, and I packaged it, and I also shipped it to somebody else. It can't do anything for me, Dr. Lambda. I mean, you have been with me for many years. Yeah, just. Why? Because, look, in a way, my taste is peculiar. I mean, me, me personally. My taste is peculiar. So imagine God, mommy. Imagine God. So, so my taste being peculiar doesn't mean my taste is expensive. Don't get it wrong. Do not 
even the suit the person sent me, perhaps it would be far more expensive than if I, I was, I mean, I was with the person who oh, choose something. What I would have chosen maybe, maybe 200 rand. I want to buy a suit about 3,000 rand. Meanwhile, I'll never wear it. Never, 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 never. Even the combination of, the type of color combination, I can never wear it. So now imagine God. I'm coming to something. Don't get it. Imagine God. If me, what's your name again? Thomas. Me. <laughs> no, genuinely, I forget. If me, Thomas, I, it's like I can, this, that, this, that. No, it can't work for me. I say, Revy really likes ties. You can go and buy a tie and I'll never wear the tie. I, I don't even know how, what it will sit on. And it's not like I'm colorblind. Then God, almighty God, who created everything that we are in, how will it be when you want to now please him? How will it be? Is it when we sing seven songs, three, three, three slow songs and four fast songs, then God is happy? Is it when we come to church early, then God is happy? Is it when I read my Bible, then God is happy? Is it, when is God happy? We can't tell. We can't tell. But Bible says, for without faith, Hebrews 11, 6, it says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith. For they that come to God must first know that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He says to please God, what you need is faith. To believe that he is and he's a rewarder. To believe that as you have come to church this Sunday, he will reward you. To believe that he exists. That's what will please him. And it takes faith. And when you are not spiritual, you can't have faith. You can't have faith. Even the other day, the pastor said, when we went to tell us we should give, I gave a very big offering. So by now, God is very pleased. All the money in the world belongs to God. So if you bring his money back to him, what was the big deal? What's the big deal? That's not what pleases him. It's like being in a relationship with a lady. I know people who buy things for their wives, I bought this, I bought that, yet the wife is not happy. Why do I know? Because I'm a pastor, people talk to me. I know husbands who think that their wives really love them. But I know that, look, their wives are just tolerating them. No, 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 no. Please, after church, don't come and ask me, is it me? Is it me? It's not you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know people who, look, my time is... I know people who, husbands who think that, look, I am, I am the center of my wife's world. But the wife, look, we just have to finish this life and go to heaven. In heaven, there will be no more crying, no more sorrows, no more. I'm serious. Look, one day I talked I talk to a wife. When I finish, I call the husband. And I told the husband what the wife said. He started to cry. He was sitting in front of me. He was crying. Yeah. Then I called the wife. Come and see your husband crying. I took my mic. Come, come, come. I'm here. Come. 
Then she came, when she came, she came. Not crying as in, as he's sitting there, tears are coming down there. I, I mean, you need, you need people, ashes to come and stop him from crying. When the wife came to see that she, he, he, he was broken and crying, her heart was moved. That's what I needed to heal the marriage. I needed the wife to come and see that. Your husband cares about you. Maybe he doesn't know how to show it, but he really cares about you. So when he, I talked to, I didn't tell him, okay, start crying. No, no, no. I just said, I just had a meeting with your wife, you know. And some of the things your wife has said, it pains me. It pains me for you. And I started to say, he was just looking at me like, I was wondering, you know, very big guy. So I was wondering, maybe when I, he's going to slap me. So I was always making sure that the table, the gap between me and him is big. He's going to slap me from the other side. He has muscles. Hey. I was just watching like that. So when I talk a little, then I go back with my chair to give me. Then after a point, I kept quiet. He was just sitting there. There was silence for about 30 seconds. Then he just burst. Ah! Then he started to cry. I said, oh, don't cry. Don't cry. It's just. Then he started to cry. Then I took my phone. Then I WhatsApped the wife. I said, come to the office. Then she came to the When she came, she saw him crying. Crying like a baby. So. I said, well, I just told him what you said. Then she also started to cry. She started to cry for her husband. She, was, she, she, just, she, she just fell in love with him again and started to cry. Yeah. On my birthday, on my birthday, she sent me a message. She said, thank you for changing my marriage. That's the message. She said, thank you so much for changing. Happy birthday. Thank you so much for changing my marriage. So you see, Husband, if with a, with a lady you don't know what to do to, then how much more? If a lady can be so complicated, how much more God? How much more God? And today's ladies are more complicated than our mothers. Yeah, you don't know which what is real about them, what is fake. Yeah, if you touch the hair too rigorously, the hair can. Can become attached to your hands. Do you see? You hold there, it's like you are trying to hold by the time you realize the ear is here, the head is here. You hold the shoulder, you don't know whether it's going to come off or it's part of it. So it's even more complex now. It's more complex. Yeah. It's more complex. It's her birthday. You have gone to buy an electric comb. Only for you to realize that she doesn't have hair. She doesn't have hair. She's actually with a cheesecloth and she has put something on it. So every day you see her, it's like, oh, oh, but really? My God. Kabashataya. So then now God... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to make us understand that God is far more complex than the sister sitting next to you. That's why pleasing God must be difficult. And the Bible says the way you can please God is to have faith. And I'm saying when you don't become spiritual, you cannot display the faith that is needed to make God happy. I pray for all of us that we'll become spiritual people. That this year we will go on this journey to become more and more spiritual in our walk with God. And I believe that God will bless us. Stand to your feet. Let's bring the service.
to a close, stand to your feet. Lift your hands and just pray for yourself and say, Lord, help me to be spiritual. Help me this year. Thank you for your word, which has come to show me something in my life that I need to work on this year. To grow up spiritually, to advance spiritually, to move forward spiritually. Because not being spiritual leads to death. Not being spiritual makes me your enemy. Not being spiritual means I cannot please you. I don't want to be your enemy. I don't want to die. I want to please you. Help me, Holy Spirit. 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 Help me, help me. This year, I want to be spiritual. This year, I want to be spiritual. Help me, help me, dear Lord. Help me, oh God. Help me, oh God. Help me, oh God. Help me, oh God. Rapanda la baba, brando de, brando de, brando de. Ke bota tota, le paco si patase. Demos ki pa lo pando steto. Rapato badiba, brando lobos ke petolaya. Kamola, bande de, brande be. Help me, Lord. Help me, O oh God. Help me, O oh God. Father, we bless you. We give you glory. Help us. Help everyone under the sound of my voice. To develop spiritually in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are here this morning, every eye closed, every head bowed. You don't know whether when you die, please close your eyes. You don't know whether when you die, you go to heaven or you go to hell. This afternoon, I want to pray with you to welcome. Close your eyes, my dear sister. I want to ask you, I want to pray with you to welcome Jesus into your life. You are here like that. You want to say, Pastor, I want to go to heaven when I die. Just softly lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Pastor, I want to go to heaven when I die. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. If you are lifting your hand, please lift it high above your head. I'll pray with you. Pastor, I want to go to heaven when I die. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or I'll go to hell. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to go to heaven when I die. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus... I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe with my heart that you died for me and you rose again. I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Reverend Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.